0: Hello, everybody. This is Rob Fernet, and we're back for another episode on Hodgepot. And Sean Donovan has joined me again. We're talking second episode, talking about this great movie, and it's titled Yippie Kaye. I'll let you figure out the rest. And Sean, welcome back. I'm looking forward to talking about this. We got we got a lot of catching up to do from the previous episode.
1: Yes, we do. Oh, Rob, the second word you're looking for that is Yippie Kaye. Mother, never mind. I won't say it on on the the air
0: we're gonna we're gonna uh, play that a little bit later. We'll let uh John McLean say that. So we talked uh, a lot about in the previous episode about like some of the characters, and one of them that we didn't really talk about was Holly Gennaro or Holly Gennaro McClane, whichever which way you want to think about it. and Holly is a pretty awesome character early on as well. uh She is a up and coming executive with uh, Nakatomi or uh Mr tagagi's company and uh out in l a and she has really uh done an excellent job according to tagagi she has her own office so Sean we didn't talk about her, but she's an integral part of this movie as well
1: absolutely she is i mean she uh she's obviously very smart and uh I like how right away she uh figures out that uh that it's john that it's her uh her husband doing all of this stuff on the uh the floors above to try to uh eliminate the uh the terrorist threat so to speak so yeah she's uh obviously obviously a key role for sure
0: absolutely and what i liked about holly in the movie is when ellis was at the beginning of the movie uh she really didn't care too much for him and then when john shows up in the office and uh, she is definitely caught off guard or he's in the office with uh, Tagagi in there. And I thought that was a, a good way to set it up, that they were looking forward to seeing each other. And then when they were by themselves, you got to see some of the uh, the tension in between both of them. But as the movie wears on, she is uh, standing up to uh, Hans Gruber. And I think that was very good because she was pretty much in charge uh, when Tagagi got, uh, got assassinated or killed.
1: Oh, exactly. Just like Han said when she walked in. What did Han say? He goes, What idiot put you in charge? And she <laughs> says, You did after you murdered my boss. Now people are looking to me.
0: Yeah. So and, uh...
1: and then he just sits back and says, Go on. And you know, she says, uh, <laughs> you know, about the, the pregnant woman and can she go in a an office where there's a sofa, you know? And and Han says, No, but I'll have a sofa brought out. Good enough? <laughs>
0: Yeah, and he, and the way he just goes like, oh, for God's sakes, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah, um, with the with the woman having to uh, not give birth at that time, but she was pregnant. But I thought that was uh, a little levity in there from Hans, right. and I think that was uh, pretty cool. I also like the part there when uh, she says, "Tell that to K- Tagagi," and uh, I thought that was uh, her little quip there too was pretty uh, kind of comical, a little bit at that point in the movie, uh, when she's telling Ellis. So again, she brought, uh, she brought some levity, but she brought some, uh, stand up niche to, uh, our friend there, Mr. Gruber.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yep. Tell that to Takagi when Ellis is like, oh man, your husband's going to screw this thing up. We can, you know, without him, we can still have a chance of getting out of here. And that's when she says, tell that to Takagi.
0: The the part where, um, you know, Holly is, uh, at the beginning of the movie, Uh, You see, we're going back to the beginning when uh, Tagagi is getting everybody gathering for the party there. You see her. She is in the back getting off the elevator, going to her office. She's still working on Christmas Eve. So she definitely uh, had that go-to attitude when she was out in L.A. So basically, uh, we talked about Harry. uh, We had talked about Ellis as well in the previous episode. And he's a pretty interesting character, too. Beginning of the movie, he is in the office and uh, he's sniffing cocaine on Holly's desk. And then uh, Tagagi and McLean walk in there and uh, he's trying to wipe up his mess. And uh, I like the part there. What did uh, John McLean say to him as you walked by him?
1: He's like, Oh, you missed some. (laughs) Yeah, that
0: was, that was, that was good. I think that was part of that New York cop. You know, he really couldn't do anything, but uh, he knew what Ellis was all about. So a real key part in the movie for uh, Die Hard was when Ellis tried to somehow get McClane to Hans Gruber. And this is a very intense scene. Like I said we t- in the previous episode, a lot of the movies in different parts. It's in the building, but it keeps you moving in different parts of the building. Like McLean's up on one floor, he's talking, and then they're in an office. And Ellis comes into the office thinking he's going to deliver McClane. And that was a pretty uh, turning point in the movie for me. What did you think of that part in the movie, Sean?
1: Well, remember how he, 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 he went in there to begin with when he stands up and he's, he's, uh, he's sniffing a little cocaine. Remember that? And, and Holly yes. says, what are you doing? And he's like tired of sitting around to see who gets us killed first, you know, them or your husband. And then he goes, uh, she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, hey, babe, i negotiate million dollar deals for breakfast. I can think I can handle this Euro trash, you know? (laughs) And then he's like, he says to the the gunman, he's like, hey, Spreckensy, talk.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of that scene, let's give it a listen.
2: Well, now that's a date, but uh, you're going to have to bring the ice cream. Touching, cowboy, touching. (laughs) Or should I call you? Mr. McLean. Mr. Officer John McLean of the New York Police Department. Get on the phone to Harry in New York. Come on, baby. Got it. You better get hold of somebody in distance. Sister Teresa called me Mr. McLean in third grade. My friends call me John. You're neither, shithead. I have someone who wants to talk to you. A very special friend who was with you at the party tonight. Hey, John boy. Ellis? Yeah. Now listen, John, give me a few minutes to try to talk some sense into you.
1: I know you think you're doing your job, John, and I can appreciate that, but you're just dragging this thing No one gets out of here until these guys can talk to the L.A. police, and that just ain't going to happen until you stop messing up the works. Capiche?
0: Ellis, what have you told them? So, Sean, I I stopped it right there. So pretty much, it's a pretty intense scene. It's, uh, you know, the music, and you got different camera, uh, switching cameras, angles, and different parts. But I thought that was... uh, that's a pretty intense scene right there.
1: Well, you know what, too, like when Hans is saying on the radio, "A very special guest who you met at the party tonight." You know, when when John first hears that over the radio, he's thinking, "You gotta, you gotta think that maybe he's thinking it's Holly."
0: Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, you know what I, mean? I mean, so he's exactly. probably like,
1: "Oh God, he's got my wife," you know what I mean? And then when it turns out to be Ellis, but I, I love how John tries to talk him out of it. You know, when he's like ellis these people are gonna kill you you know jesus christ these people are gonna kill you tell them you don't know me and uh he did everything he could to try to save him uh hans is a a ruthless dude
0: yeah well uh pretty intense scene let's hear it out them, we were old friends and you were my guest at the party
1: ellis you shouldn't be doing this tell me about it huh? All right, John, listen. They want you to tell them what the detonators are. They know people are listening. They want the detonators or they're going to kill me. John, didn't you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Hey, John, I think you could get with the program a little, huh? The police are here now. It's their problem. Now tell these guys where the detonators are so no one else gets hurt. You know, I'm putting my life on the line for you, pal. Ellis, listen to me very carefully. John.
2: Shut up, Ellis. Just shut your mouth! Put Hans back on the line. Hans, this shithead does not know what kind of man you are, but I do. Listen! Good, then you'll give us what we want and save your friend's life. You're not part of this equation. It's time you realize that. Hey, what am I, a method actor Hans? <laughs>
0: Babe, put away the gun. This is radio, not television. Hans, this asshole is not my friend. I just met him tonight. I don't know him. Jesus Christ, Elsie! These people are going to kill you. Tell them you don't know me.
2: <laughs> John, how can you say that after all these years, huh?
0: John. John. Again, Hans Gruber, he uh, he was ruthless, also gave him a chance. He didn't deliver, and the end result was getting, uh getting killed.
1: Oh, yeah, you knew that was going to happen. <laughs> I mean, uh, and you know, John did everything he could to to try and save him, and, and did pretty much all he could do to try to save him. But uh, it definitely, it definitely uh, didn't work. It definitely backfired.
0: Yeah, and what I, I looked at you know during that scene though. The other terrorist, the part of Hans' crew is just sitting there. That the look on their faces, pretty intense as well. So uh, you didn't have to have a lot of music. You Just had the interaction and that's what i was talking about in the last episode between john and hans there they had a little bit respect towards the end of that scene though trying to plead with hans that he didn't know him but um i thought that was uh pretty convincing there by all three of those actors and ellis was was not uh part of the equation the rest of the movies so we're going to get to the next part of the movie sean and i it's one of the best lines ever i believe in motion picture history it's a short line and it's one of the most iconic lines. But in the movie here, this is where I think the movie has turned to the good versus the bad. And uh, John McClane definitely gives it to Hans Gruber. And uh, it's pretty awesome. I just thought I'd love to hear that
1: sound.
2: All of you, relax. This is a matter of inconvenient timing. That's all. Police action was inevitable. And as it happens, it's necessary, so let them fumble about outside and stay calm. This is simply the beginning. I thought I told all of you I want radio silence until oh, further... I'm very You're sorry, Hans. I didn't get that message. Maybe you should have put it on a bulletin board. I wax worked. Tony and Marco and his friend here, I figured you and Carl and Franco might be a little lonely, so I wanted to give you a call.
0: <clears throat> How does he know so much about this?
2: This is very kind of you. As you are our mysterious party creature. you are most troublesome for a security guard. <clears throat> Sorry, Hans, wrong guess.
1: Would you like to go for double jeopardy where the scores can really
2: change? Mm, these are very bad for you. Who are you, then? Just the fly in the ointment, Hans.
0: The monkey in the wrench. The pain in the ass. Whoa.
2: Check on all the others. Don't use the radio. See if he's lying about Marco, and find out if anyone else is missing. Mr. Mystery Guest. Yeah, I'm still here. Unless you want to open a front door for me. Uh, I'm afraid not. But you have me at a loss. You know my name, but who are you? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Another orphan of a bankrupt culture who thinks he's John Wayne, Rambo, Marshall Dillon. I was always kind of partial to Roy Rogers, actually. I really Really? like
1: those sequined shirts.
2: Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy?
0: Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Awesome, awesome scene. Absolutely.
1: Awesome I love the look, I love the look on Hans's face when he when he goes,
0: Eh! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that he's that, talking that, about. Like,
1: what jeopardy. the hell's going on here? He's looking at the radio. Look, Hans looks at the radio. Like,
0: what is he talking about?
1: Which I thought yeah. that was cool. He's talking about double jeopardy. Yeah, with uh, the scores. Yeah, exactly. Really
0: <laughs> I, what I like too about the scenes is just they're talking. You know, the music is very low, and it's just the the, the facial expressions. I thought that was uh, yeah that was probably one of the best. I uh, one of the best. Scenes in any action movie, and there was no like shooting or anything like that. It was just perfect. The tension in that in that series right there of that scene is is pretty pretty intense. Well, yeah, it's
1: setting the uh, it's setting the tone for, you know, now now it's uh good versus bad, you know.
0: That's one of the most iconic lines in movie history, I believe. I think that's a awesome awesome line. So, you know, John McClane was uh, definitely taking on all these terrorists. And I thought that was really awesome. So we're going to get to the part now where uh, Hans is looking for the detonators. Is that correct? Well, he goes up to check on the, it goes up to,
1: this is the part I think you're talking about. He goes up to check on the roof to yes. see like where the explosives and things are wired properly or whatever. He's just going to check on it.
0: Yeah. It's uh this is a pretty intense scene too. So, going to play just a little bit of it, but I'm going to talk about just something I noticed
2: Please! Don't kill me, don't kill me, please! Meet
1: whoa, me, whoa, me,
0: whoa, me. relax. Relax, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm not gonna hurt you! What the fuck are you doing up here?
2: What were you looking for? I managed to get out of there, and... Uh, well I was you try to get up on the roof? And see if I could signal for help, you know... Here. Why don't you come, in whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. Uh, forget come out the admit, Forget the roof. I said, forget the roof. I got people all over. Well, you
2: want to stay alive? You stay with me. Thanks. You don't? from Nakatomi. And if you're not one of them, I'm a cop from New York. New York? Yeah. Got invited to the Christmas party by mistake. Who knew? Being called your pants down, huh? <laughs> I'm John McClane. You're uh, Clay.
0: Bill Clay. All right, so that 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 part, Sean, is pretty awesome. He is talking a california accent from what i understand and uh i i have to say during that part there uh McLean's looking down with the machine gun i think this is where it's tied That is change in the movie subliminally with that him standing there over uh, uh hans gruber when he jumped down i'm uh trying to find the explosive so that part was pretty uh pretty intense as well as we get to the uh end of the movie
1: yeah and i love how hans uh was uh quick to uh Quick to react, um, with that you know, with the accent, with the fake accent and everything, and uh, uh, you gotta wonder if if John believed him right away, or if he was suspicious, or if he even knew it was Hans. I, no, I don't think if he knew it was Hans, he wouldn't have handed him the gun, even though the gun was empty. But
0: I think he did know it was Hans. Uh, <sighs> I know there's some thought that he they didn't he didn't know he who he was, but. I, I'm on the camp that says he did know who he was. He gave him the gun unloaded to see what he would do. So I think at that point in the movie, I think he knows who he is. He's got that look looking down when he's looking down at Hans. I think he, I think he knows he had a little smirk on his face and uh just my opinion. So it was uh that's a pretty intense scene. And then after that, the, uh the scene comes up where, you know, the line's pretty good. <laughs> oh absolutely which part are you looking for i'm looking for the part where he shoots the gun there's no bullets in it and uh oh.
1: yes and bruce will uh bruce willis john mcclain's like oops no bullets <laughs> and he keeps shooting shooting he goes, he takes rips the gun out of his hand he goes what do you think i'm stupid <laughs> and then the Then the elevator opens, and here come some more bad guys. Hans is like, you were saying.
2: (laughs) Put down the gun and give me my detonators. Well, well, well. Hans. Put it down now. pretty tricky with that accent
1: you gotta be on fucking tv
2: with that accent but what do you want with the detonators hans i already used all the explosives But did i i'm going to count to three yeah like you did with takagi oops no bullets fucking stupid Hans you're saying
0: man oh man that that's just pretty cool like you see like a lot of uh bad and good guys during the course of their movies they're fighting and they're jumping and they're going through glass and things but the scene of both of them when he handed him the gun uh was pretty and pretty intense because Hans looked like he was trying to play into John, but then John turns walks away and he puts the cigarette down and the look in Hans's face that says, I'm gonna get you, you son of a you know what. And then that's when uh he shoots the gun with no bullets in it. And then after right. that it's the famous uh line there where he's talking to uh Carl in German and what happens with that?
1: Well, Hans just I have no idea what they were saying in German, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, that's when uh John turns around and says, Well, well, well. Hans that's a pretty good accent you know you should be on TV that accent and that's when he was you know Hans was pointing the gun at John and just uh, trying to fire it and of course it was empty so nothing was happening
0: I love it, it, I mean he's literally like two feet away from Hans during that scene and Hans is just so convincing he just the look in Hans's face before he shoots the gun is pretty incredible and then he looks like a little wimp when he's shooting the gun with no, and then who's in charge. And then he goes, you were saying, <laughs> yeah. so the famous party kills, what kills another one of the terrorists. And then, uh, they shoot the glass. And, uh, I read that, that there were, they weren't, they were allegedly talking German in the movie, but it really wasn't any type of, you know, German, but I thought that was uh pretty interesting. And then he shoots the glass and then, uh, John ends up getting his, feet all bloodied and that was that was painful to watch
1: yeah, yeah but you uh you gotta what you got uh, that's my that's my favorite line that my favorite line in the whole movie is when Hans you know so after he after John knows that it, that that it's Hans and he shoots that guy in the elevator and then he you know he takes off running uh barefoot of course still and then uh, the other guys you know Carl and Hans and that uh that uh third uh, bad guy yep. are uh, are running in running into that side office, you know, guns are blazing, and uh the first guy gets killed. And then Hans, you know, sees all the blood all over the place. And he looks at Carl and he's like, Carl, she's them fenster. <laughs> and then Carl <laughs> like he didn't know what he was saying. And then Hans goes, Shoot the glass. I mean, that's my favorite line in the whole movie. I love that. I kind
0: of looked at him like, you know, what, like, you could just tell, like, what's well, going on. And he had probably, to, like, talk down yep. to, talk down to Carl. <laughs> yeah. that. shoot the glass and how he made it out of that scene with uh you know getting out of that situation was pretty was pretty incredible, but his feet were bloodied just going back to Ellis the other part I liked in the movie was uh when they had the uh, terrorist expert on and they were talking about the uh the Helsinki syndrome they said the the uh experts talking about whether you know the hostages and the cat doors are uh, kind of have a relationship and then uh, as he's saying that Ellis is being dragged
1: out. <laughs> An author of Hostage Terrorist Terrorist Hostage A Study in Duality. Dr. Hazeldorf what can we expect in the next few hours?
2: Well Gail by this time the hostages should be going through the early stages of the Helsinki Syndrome. As in Helsinki, Sweden. Finland. Basically it's when the hostages and the terrorists go through a sort of psychological transference and a projection of dependency. A strange sort of trust and bond develops. We've had situations where the hostages have embraced their captors after their release and even corresponded with them in prison.
1: No, no. Oh, my gosh, you're pretty macabre with that.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Jeez. Uh, they, they, they did a good job with that. Yeah, I like, I like the way they did that, you know, like how it, it, there are often times where the expert on TV, you know, there are often times when the captors have embraced their, uh, you know, the terrorists or whatever, and even corresponded to them while they were in prison. And then it shows Ellis being dragged out.
0: <laughs> oh, man, that's a, that that's a that's a sick part, but uh, it showed that the experts do not know what they were talking about that kind of dissed them as well as the uh, LA police in the uh in the movie especially Dwayne T Robinson so basically at the end of the movie Sean you had Hans you had Holly you had John and you had the Huey Lewis lookalike Eddie so that end of the movie there's pretty pretty intense um, and uh, I thought that was uh pretty pretty elaborate at the end there john was very fortuitive as far as putting taping the gun to his back
1: yeah that was cool he was some of the uh well he realized he only had two bullets left so he uh you know taped the gun with some of the christmas tape and, uh, he had that little smile on his face he taped it to his back and then came out with the machine gun and uh you know hans you know immediately grabs holly and like holds the gun to her head and Mm-hmm. He's, you know, telling him to mm-hmm. put the gun down. And, you know, when he lets it go, you can see the look on Holly's face. She's like, you know, kind of, Oh boy, like, why did, why did you put the gun down? And, um, you know, as soon as he drops the gun, the Huey Lewis, uh, Eddie so you know, reaches for his gun. And, and Hans is like nine, this is mine. And in, in German, which I thought was kind of cool. And I'll uh, say, like, Nope, he's mine. I got them. And, uh, yeah, well, they do little uh, speeches at the end where Hans actually says to to John, uh, um, "Yes, what was it you said to me?" You know, and he goes, "You would have made a cow. You would have made a uh, pretty good cowboy yourself, Hans." And he's like, "Yes, what is it you said to me?" "Zippy, Kaye, <laughs> motherfucker." And I love the way he says it because he says it. It sounds so funny when he says it, and they start laughing, and that's when uh, you know John ends up uh, shooting both of them. So.
0: That was uh, that was pretty intense, and then we get to the part where Hans breaks through the glass, and he has Holly with him, and uh, that scene was pretty pretty unbelievable because you think, well, he got Hans, and then they had to put us everybody watching on the cliffhanger towards the very end when Hans uh, is about to, you know, go out stage left.
1: Yeah, didn't you say? I think you told me that. Uh... In the in the movie when they were shoot when they were filming it, didn't they? They let him go early.
0: Yes, it was a count of three and they let yeah. him out and the count of two. And here's an interview that Alan Rickman did and he explained a little bit. This is uh from a few years ago, so let's give it a quick listen. I don't remember this
2: count two, count three thing. I just remember that again with the benefit of hindsight, I, I looked at the faces of some slightly incredulous producers when I said that I would do it myself. And it was being dropped from about 40 feet, as I recall. And it was this was in the days of there wasn't any CGI. So uh, it was, let's drop the actor. <laughs> and he doesn't spin around in the middle of the pole and land on his head and kill himself. Uh, they were very careful to make it my very last shot of the film
0: pretty awesome pretty awesome yeah you get you can definitely tell <clears throat> like in the movie
1: <clears throat> excuse me in the movie he he looks surprised yeah you that know? was done in learned, one take and that was cool and if you notice he's he's holding on to Holly's arm her wrist and he's uh trying to bring her out too and uh they can't let, they can't get Hans's his, his hand off of her and then they realize that uh she's she's still wearing that watch that they were right thinking talking about the beginning of the movie, the the Rolex. And then mm-hmm. Bruce, uh, John McClane, unclips it, and there he goes.
0: Yeah, the, uh, the scene at the end of the movie is pretty intense. And then when they let him go and he's got the gun, you think he's going to shoot it. And it, at that very moment, he's let go. And that is real fear when he fell down. Again, he said he fell 40 feet. That scene is incredible at the end of the movie. Absolutely incredible.
1: Yeah, and then when they show it from the outside of the building with the stunt man like falling, <laughs> all that flailing his arms, it's like oh. Then you hear that thud like somebody hitting the ground. It was like oof.
0: And then Dwayne T. Robinson says, "I hope it's not a hostage." <laughs>
1: yeah. Awesome, of that. That guy's great. Paul, Paul Greason, I think, right?
0: Yeah. Paul Gleason, yeah, he was uh, he was perfect for that part. So we tried to cover some of the highlights of the movie for you because it's absolutely a terrific, terrific action flick. What other thoughts do you have about Die Hard, Sean? Um, you know, off the top of your head, if you had to guess, um, some of the key maybe a, a key character that you think made the movie better. I mean, the obvious one is Hans, but is there a character you might think of that really added to the movie? And then I'll go ahead.
1: I don't think so. I mean, uh, I mean Hans and uh, John uh, were awesome, feeding off each other. Uh, um, <clears throat> uh, actually, Al Powell, Sergeant Powell, I thought he. I thought. He, uh, I thought he did a great job. Um, so I would say, yeah, I think Powell definitely added to it. Uh, um, I forget who they said they also almost casted. for for that part was it uh gene hackman
0: that's right yeah exactly you're right isn't that weird how they how they possibly initially cast folks and they'd end up not getting it and then when you see the final results years years and later it it always works out to that that part of you know whoever played those parts that ends up being the right person who played that part yeah in a lot
1: of cases yeah Absolutely. And it's funny, it's it's kinda cool to hear of uh like when you read about different people that they they wanted for that role and you you're like, Really? Yeah. You know? <clears throat> but uh, I mean, I, I, read- I love the uh, back and forth with uh with uh with Powell and you know uh and John and I love the back and forth with Powell and uh, Dwayne T. Robinson as well, you know. When they first get there, when he, uh, Paul Gleason first gets to the scene, and he's like, All right, who's talking to him? You know? Paul uh, <laughs> says, He goes, Oh, he goes, Yeah, I, um, I think it's, uh, uh, you know, he's saying, Oh, the, this guy inside is, you know, and he, he claims he's uh, uh, killed two terrorists, you know, so we're only dealing with like nine now or something instead of 11 or whatever it was. And he's like, oh, he, and Paul Gleason's like, oh, he claims. And he goes, Paul, has it ever occurred to you the same, you know, this could be the same guy uh, pulling your chain, the same guy that, uh, <laughs> no, I don't think so. So he, goes, the, the, he goes, and he goes, why not? And he's like, well, things he said, like being able to spot, you know, he might be a, might be a badge. And he goes, what makes you think that? He goes, things he said, like being able to spot a, a phony ID. And Paul Gleason's like, Jesus Christ, Paul, he could be a freaking bartender for all we know.
0: Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. I like, you know who I like? I like Argyle Argyle. I mean, every, every character outside of uh, the immediate area of John, like Al Sergeant Al Powell Argyle, they all teamed up in some way to help out John. Like when, uh, argyle t-bone the ambulance with uh theo in it towards the end of the movie i think that argyle contributed because that's another bad guy that was taken out and then uh al was the communication between ground and uh you know up in the building i thought that was very good but argyle was a very was a very good character he had some minor parts and i think uh I think that was good. Here's one other part in the movie, which I think is hilarious, Sean, and it's towards the end of the movie. And I love it. It's at, at, after the when Pal shoots the uh, Carl at the very end, and this is a part here that I think is pretty awesome. Mr. McClain, Mr. McClain, now that it's all over, after this incredible ordeal, what are your feelings? <laughs> yeah, well,
2: uh, did you get that?
0: <laughs> that was awesome <laughs> Holly walks off that's the uh hit's the TV report did you get that? <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, they did. They did a great job in casting for for Die Hard. They really did.
0: And I like the way you know Argyle gets him to the gets him from the uh, airport to Nakatomi. And I like the way at the end the car's all banged up, and he's uh, keeping his end of the bargain, getting John McClane out of there yeah. at the end of the movie. I thought that was uh, a good way to bookend it for Argyle. So it's amazing how and they did a commercial um, a few years ago. I looked on YouTube. Uh, it was Argyle, Theo, and Bruce Willis for um, Die Hard Batteries. And it's like a two- or three-minute commercial you YouTube, it, you'll see it. And uh, I think, I don't know if I said this in the last episode, I was watching the movie Expendables 2 uh, about two weeks ago, and uh, there's a part in the movie where it is Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, and Bruce Willis. And uh, it's Expendables 2, and they're all shooting – And, um, there's a scene in the movie and I'm paraphrasing here. Bruce Willis says, I'll be back. And then Schwarzenegger says, yippee-ki-yay to Bruce Willis. And then there's a mention of Rambo after that. And I thought that was pretty, pretty awesome with that. You know, they all played in three different movies. They're all big stars in the eighties that they would uh, bring that back about what, 30 some odd years later. And just a, 30-second uh, scene in Expendables 2. I thought that was pretty neat.
1: Hey, why not? It's always good to get a, to get a good laugh.
0: <laughs> yeah, but Bruce Willis, I think, uh, when you look back, I think he was uh, absolutely phenomenal for that part. Uh, Hans, we've already spoken, infinitum about it, um, the other contributing actors. Every Every actor was cast just right in this movie. Uh, The scenes were absolutely perfect. They flowed. You know, you'll have some movies where there are some lows in the movie. There was not one lull in the movie. Um, Everything worked uh, in sync uh, with the bad guys and the good guys. And uh, I think the terrorists were uh, were very convincing as well.
1: Going back to the beginning of the movie, one of my favorite scenes is when they get off the elevator before they start shooting the place up and just the way Hans steps out in front and the other guys have the machine guns and they kind of step out, you know, holding, holding them up, you know, and yeah, they definitely, uh, they definitely cast it. Well, I mean, Hans Gruber, without a doubt, my favorite villain of all time in any movie. And uh, just, I thought Alan Rickman did such a great, great job, you know, in, in that, in that movie and, and incredible actually I mean his accent I love the way he I love the way he talked and, you know being a British actor you know he he I guess he um, I think I read that he really worked on trying to have the German accent or the, the dialect down and uh same thing with the uh you know when he was pretending to be Bill Clay too when uh you know the scene you were just talking about mm-hmm. but uh definitely without a doubt my favorite uh, favorite uh, character in the movie was was Hans. I mean, just sophisticated, like we said, impeccably dressed, smart, ruthless. You know, cunning, uh, funny. It's just, uh, I mean, his lines are just, um, are just incredible. I mean, there's so many quotes and lines from this movie that you can do. So if, if you if you've seen Die Hard, you and you say someone says the line, you'll You'll know
0: exactly what that t- <laughs> Exactly. And I, I always wonder how like how many takes did it take to do um like the the elevator scene with I have a machine gun ho 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 or like the truck backing up, how how it backed up perfectly into the loading dock and it the door opens up and the the, the, the extender on the loading dock of off the trailer, you know, hits the loading dock perfectly. I wonder how many takes it took to do that because it really, uh, it really was, uh, planned out well, and how many takes it took for them, you know, to walk out of that truck. And it's kind of funny. He's got the, he's got the suit on. He's got, he's, he's well dressed. He's got these other terrorists with him, machine guns, and then you can see him with the, uh, the rocket launchers in the back, you know, in the, in the foot lockers and the cases, you know, wheeling those. All the, gr- the big guys. I thought that was, uh, pretty interesting how that was, uh choreographed and how long it did take to do some of those scenes and like the elevator shaft scenes how long did i mean how were those done i mean there really wasn't cgi back then you know computer graphics i wonder how how that was um you know accomplished during that movie and uh from what i understand bruce willis did a lot of those stunts so you know some some of those stunts on his own
1: yeah a little too much for me especially the uh the the part when he's in the elevator shaft and uh I don't know how the hell he held on to that one ledge when he was trying to reach.
0: Oh yeah.
1: And, and he falls and like, it looked, you know, my gosh, my stomach sinks every time I see that part.
0: Yeah. That part in the movie is pretty intense. How he like, he grabs onto that air conditioning duct and just somehow gets up there. The machine gun was a, uh, quite a tool for him to hold and, you know, lift them up and, you know brace him and it was a it was, that was his only tool he could use to uh to get around so i thought that was uh pretty interesting as well so so this diehard thing has been a lot of fun sean um i really appreciate you uh we could probably do another episode we probably missed a few parts i know we missed the uh the the little one where the little scene there where he's in the air conditioning duct
1: all oh, right when he when he opens the lighter and he, or he's, now <laughs> I now i know what a tv dinner feels like yep like when he you know flicks the lighter on so we can see where he's going, he's like, uh, come out to the coast, we'll get together, have a
0: few laughs that was <laughs> that was again just a real nice you know little little humor in there, and uh you could definitely uh, feel that when you're watching the movie so um, watch it every
1: christmas make well, you sure you every ahead, christmas I'm sorry you got to make sure you watch it every Christmas season.
0: Uh, I do. And my Christmas, you mentioned your Christmas movies. Uh, what was the other Christmas movie that you watch? Oh, Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase. Christmas Vacation. So my Christmas movie list is It's a Wonderful Life on Christmas Eve, Die Hard <laughs> Christmas Eve, and then on Christmas Day, watch Christmas Carol.
1: Oh, not uh, bad.
0: So I, I get uh, the early, early 30s with Alastair Sims. I get uh, It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart and then I get to watch Die Hard, and it is a Christmas movie. I think there's something to be said about the 12 Days of Christmas and the 12 terrorists, just my personal opinion. Um, There's also, uh, you know, the scenes where he's running around, and you'll see Christmas trees in the background. Yes, there was a Christmas party. So he was an uninvited guest, but he was there. He was part of the party. And um, he made references to uh, Theo a couple of times. It's Christmas time. Merry Christmas. So I think uh, he had the little Christmas bug in him, and then he could turn ruthless and turn on a dime. And uh, it is a Christmas movie because they play uh, at the end of the play. Dean Martin, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Oh, the weather
0: outside is. You know, it's funny. We're talking about uh, the building there that used to be, uh, it was Fox Plaza, I believe. So I went out to California in 2008. I had to drive by and, and check out, uh, the building where Die Hard. I'm one of those. I gotta be, I gotta see where things are. Like a lot of people I like to see where things were filmed and, uh, my, obviously my favorite film. So I had to go out and check out that and thought that was pretty neat. You know, another good scene about that movie, you know, when Powell's at the, He gets the call to look at Nakatomi Plaza, you know, to go check it out. And he just happens to look up, and it's so quiet. And you see the little flashes in the building with, with the machine guns. I thought that was done very well. Well, also, if you notice, when he looks at the building, first gets the call, he throws the bag of
1: Twinkies in his front seat, shuts the door, walks over to the edge of the street, and looks at, you know, Nakatomi Plaza. And there's prices for gas right there. And it was $0.74 a gallon and $0.77 a
0: gallon. $0.74. Good catch. Good catch.
1: Isn't that nuts? I noticed that the other day.
0: I was like, holy crap. crazy. Yeah. $0.74 for gas. Yep. I love the cars back then in 88. I mean, you look back at 1988, and it's it's like when you look back, it's like I graduated in college in 88 and how time has flown. It's now, what, 30? 30, my math is off. (laughs) It's all right. Um, (laughs) 36 years, 36. I'll say 36. Yeah, 36 years. My math is off tonight. But uh, yeah, it's amazing how time flies. And we talked about the other Die Hard movies. I've seen Die Hard 2 about 10 times. It was a good movie. Uh, Had a lot of good action. Um, Can't remember if I saw Die Hard 3 or not. I think that was Hans Gruber's brother but I have not seen four or five. I'll probably get around to watching those at some times, but I kind of like, I'll kind of like the original. So um, I may get to watch them another time. So.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yep. But definitely, uh, definitely die hard for
1: Christmas. You you have to watch it around Christmas time. Yes. You
0: have to watch it at Christmas time. And I love the debate at Christmas time. People say yes or no, but uh, Sean's in the camp as I am about die hard being a Christmas movie. So, Sean, I'm sure we missed another a few parts but I think we ca- we covered the key ones for Die Hard and uh I really appreciate you joining me. This has been a lot of fun and uh this will be coming out and uh I really appreciate your uh, your time with this. Thank you.
1: Uh my pleasure. Yeah, I love doing this stuff. This is a this is a fun, you know, good time. So, um looking forward to the next one whatever that may be and uh
0: just keep me posted. All right, so uh, thank you all, and we will see you next time. Thank you.